Hey, how's it going? This is Braden from Noble Sports. Yes, the name has changed, but the content is still the same. You know, we're rooting for women's sports over here at Noble Sports and at Breaking Down the Tape Media. It's been a fun it's been a fun season for the WNFC and the WFA. But we're going to break down the WNFC playoffs, which are taking place tomorrow, June 9th, uh, is the first round. Uh, team, uh, The first seed plays the fourth seed, and the second seed plays the third seed. And then on Saturday, the 11th, is the championship game, which will decide which team from the Pacific region and which team from the Atlantic region will represent for the championship cup that is in a few weeks in Texas. So let's dive in. Let's look in. At first, we are going to start with the Atlantic region. So the Atlantic region, the four teams that were able to make the playoffs, no shock here, the Texas Elite Spartans are on a 40-game winning streak right now in the last three seasons. They finished the season 6-0, and and sit at the number one seed. Sitting at number two is the Atlantic Phoenix. They also finished 6-0, which is awesome. I think this is the first time that there will be four undefeated teams in the playoffs. And at number three, we have the Alabama Fire, which finished their season 3-3. Three and three. And then rounding out at bottom at in the fourth position is the Kansas City Glory. Now, this will be an exciting matchup. I'm excited for all these games. Um, well, what's interesting is the four, the one and four is the Spartans versus the Glory. This will be the third time they've played each other. And the first two times, the games were... So, the first time Glory and Texas played each other... It was a 35-0 loss for Glory. And then the second time was, uh, that was in week one. The second time they played each other was the very last week. That was a 21-3 defeat for the Glory. So I think the Glory changed up their game plan and held Texas Elite to less points. And I think we will, we will have to see what will happen, but... Ultimately, I give the edge to the Texas Elite Spartans because if you look at the stats, stats don't lie. Texas Elite Spartans have a total points, um, averaging 35.8 points a game, and their defense is pretty stellar too. Their defense is only allowed 45 points a game, which is 7.5 a game. Not too shabby at all. And they have the total offense too. With 200 or 2,136 yards, and that's about 356 yards a game. And they have the number one passing attack and top five run attack. And individual stats, it's no shocker. Brittany Bushman is the leading passer for this past season. She passed for over a thousand yards. And 17 touchdowns and only three interceptions and finished with a rating of 116. So she is really the key factor to leading this team, leading the elite Spartans to victory. I, I predict that they will be the first, uh, first one to move on to the Atlantic Championship game. My prediction for that score will be 
28-14. to 14. I think Glory will be able to score a little bit more this time because they have played each other twice. But you never know. It's hard to beat a team three times, so maybe Glory pulls up the upset. But I'm still going to stick with the Elite Spartans. All through the board, they are arguably one of the best teams in the WNFC. And they are amazing to watch. Now, the other matchup, which I think will be really exciting, is uh, between the Phoenix and the Fire. The Phoenix is also undefeated. They're 6-0. and And the Fire is 3-3. and what intrigues me about the fire is they came the closest to beating the elite Spartans. I know we're talking about a different team. They only lost to the elite Spartans by one point. They lost 20 to 21, which is crazy. So I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Um, the, uh, the Phoenix, they finished their year undefeated. They went 6-0. and And let's take a look at their season. If I can pull up their season. They started off week one with a victory over the Alabama Fire, 7-0. to zero. So it was a close game. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. So that was the Alabama Fire's first loss of the season. And one of the few times that they met up. Uh, then it looks like Alabama Fire played week two and they had a 24 to 6 victory over florida avengers um week three the alabama fire played the houston heat and they finished 62 to 12 the atlanta the atlantic phoenix beat the washington prodigy 7 to 0 in week three and in week four it looks like the fal or falcons i want to say the falcons sorry the phoenix and the fire played again it was a 29-0 uh, victory in favor of the Phoenix. That was the second time they played each other, so the score did increase substantially. And from there on out, the Phoenix just started obliterating people. And ultimately, as much as I think it will be a good game, the one thing I want to point out about the Phoenix is they have the number one defense. Their defense only allowed six points all year. That's an average of a point per game, which if we haven't paid attention to recent years in football, defense wins championships. So that is why I kind of give them the nod to win this game. But I think it could be interesting. Not only that, but what what's also intriguing is the number three and number four offenses or scoring offenses. Number three is the Fire, and number four is the Phoenix. The Fire averaged 29.3 points a game and finished the season with 176 points, and the Phoenix finished with 149, which was an average of 24.8, which is going to be really interesting. It's going to see a great offense versus a really good defense, so we'll see who has the total outcome out of there. And the total offense, the fire actually came in third overall. They finished with 1,500, over almost 1,600 yards, which was 261.8 yards a game. And the Phoenix ended up finishing in the top 10 with 1,332, which is 222 yards a game. I think ultimately what's going to put the put the phoenix over the edge against the fire is the fact that 
their run game is pretty stellar. If you look at their running backs, Jenny Walker is number eight on the list, and she f rushed for over 315 yards. And then they had multiple running backs in the top 15, so I think that's going to really be what pushes them over the edge. What could give the fire the advantage uh, or give them a chance is their quarterback finished with 683 yards. Courtney finished with 683 yards, and she was a number two overall passer for the fire and for the league. So that's also something to take into mind. But either way, I think the Phoenix should be able to put this game away pretty easily. My prediction is it's going to be a score of... 21 to 14. I think that the offense for the fire will be able to put up some points this time around because like I said it's hard to beat a team three times in a row and that's what could potentially be happening here. So that's the Atlantic region. So overall those are I pick um, Texas Elite and the Atlantic Phoenix for the Atlantic Championship game, and I honestly couldn't tell you who would win out of those because both of those teams are stellar teams. I think it's going to be a grudge match, and it's going to be low scoring. I am going to give the Phoenix the upset. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to be like 10 to 7. I give the Phoenix the uh, edge, and I think they will represent the Atlantic region for the championship. Now, looking to the Pacific region, now this is what I like, honestly, because I am on the Pacific side, and I live in Vegas, and we have the Silver Stars. The number one seed, we have the San Diego Rebellion, sitting at 6-0. and oh. Number two seed is the Denver Bandits, also 6-0. and oh. Sitting at the number three seed is the Las Vegas Silver Stars, my hometown team. They're sitting at 4-2. and two. And in fourth, we have the Utah Falcons. They are sitting at 3-3. Three and three. So, this is going to be really interesting, too. Like I said, this is the first year that there are four teams that are undefeated. And I think the Rebellion really have a chance to run the tables, too. So, we'll look at the first game. Um, the first game is between the... Oh, it's actually between the Bandits and the Silver Stars. That'll be at 3 p.m. Pacific time tomorrow. And to go back, the Phoenix and Fire game is at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is, if you're on the Pacific Coast like myself, that is at 12, 12 p.m. And then the Elite and Glory play at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be at 4 so the and that is all on the app uh vanbridge i think is how you say it it's v r y e just search it up you can find it on the wnfc page or you can go on my instagram i have a link on how to register for an account and to sign in and watch these games if you can't attend live these games are going to be played at Jack Taylor Stadium in Jacksonville, Florida for the Atlantic and the Army Navy Academy in Carlsbad, California. So it'll be really, it's going to be both really pretty areas to play in. 
So the first game, like I said, is between the Bandits and the Silver Stars. This is going to be a really intriguing match. So the Silver Stars have played some excellent football throughout the throughout the season, and their two losses happen to be to the two six and O teams in the Pacific region. Their first loss came at the hands of the Denver Bandits. That was an intense game. It finished 10-6. It was really good. And to me, I thought that the Silver Stars had a chance. It looked to me like it was a touchdown. And then um, they ended up calling it an incomplete pass. Because to me, it looked like it was a fumble. But granted, to be fair, there is no replay. And it, Denver definitely played their hearts out. They are an amazing team to watch. So that was one of the first losses. That was the second week of the season between the Silver Stars and the Bandits. That was in Denver. And the other loss that the Silver Stars had was a couple weeks later against the San Diego Rebellion. That game was intense. That game went into double overtime. And I want to say that Vegas was actually one of the few teams that actually scored on the Rebellion. So it looks like... Um, up to the point that they played. So they played in week week uh, six. And up to that point, no one had scored on the Rebellion. So it was a really intense game that ended up ending in the Rebellion winning the game. Um, it was in double overtime. The Silver Stars actually had the lead against the Rebellion up until about a minute and a half left in the game. And then I was kind of bummed out, so I've been watching all this, the Silver Stars games, especially on the app. And it actually cut out right as overtime started. And granted, it was like 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday. And having a three-year-old, I ended up having to put her to sleep. Or it was bedtime, so I didn't get to watch the game until after. So I didn't even know the score. So I think this is going to be a hard-fought game because if you watch the Silver Stars and the Bandits play the first time around, both teams were pretty evenly matched. It was an awesome, um, it was an awesome back and forth game. The edge being that the kicker for the Bandits was able to hit a crucial field goal right before halftime that put them up 10 to 6 and then the silver stars like i said close to the end of the game had a chance for the win and ended up dropping the pass in the end zone on fourth down so looking at the stats let's pull those up i sorry i've got it sitting on my laptop as i record this episode so between these two teams the bandits were Number eight in total offense or total scoring, they had 119 points on the year on the season, which is an average of 19.8 points a game. And the Silver Stars were only two under them, they were number 10, they had 108 points on the year and finished with 18 points a game. So it's pretty darn close right there in scoring in defense. Here's where it gets interesting. The Bandits only allowed 27 points all year, 4.5 points a game. Um, and granted, six of those points did come against uh, the Silver Stars. The Silver Stars are their number three on the list, the Bandits. At number eight is the Silver Stars. 
they allowed 80 points on the year, and um, the, which is about 11.3, so or 13.3. Sorry. So it'll be interesting to see out of these two options what happens this time around. But here's what else gets interesting: total offense. The Silver Stars came in at number four with 15. 165 yards, a little over 260 yards a game. The Bandits came in at number six with 1556, which is just a little under 260 a game. So it's going to be really interesting. Rushing yards is really what makes the difference between the Silver Stars and the Bandits. The Bandits had almost a thousand yards rushing, they averaged 161 yards a game. Um, and the Silver Stars were number 11 and averaged four, averaged only 80 yards a game. So that's where the edge is for the Bandits is they have more rushing yards. But the Silver Stars were more of a pass-heavy team. They um, threw for almost 1,100 yards passing and averaged about 180 yards a game. Where the Bandits were number 6 on the list, only passed for 587 yards for the season which is about 98 yards a game which is still pretty impressive so the edge for rushing goes to the bandits the edge for passing goes to the silver stars but that also could be because of play calling you know play calling is different some teams are better at passing than they are running and vice versa so looking at the offensive statistics I think one of the key factors for the Silver Stars to win is Shawnee Phillips. I think she's really going to be um, leading the way. She uh, passed for 600 yards, uh, five touchdowns, and three interceptions with a passer rating of 75.5. And then the Bandits, Tori Dagaloa, was number five. So they were four and five on this list. She passed for... 583 yards and four touchdowns and six interceptions. So it's interesting because the Silver Stars had a few people passing and so did the Bandits. But it'll be interesting to see what happens in the long run between the two. Um, what really, like I said, what really was the key factor for the Bandits was their rushing. Megan Lewis had almost 500 yards and three touchdowns. And... Um, yeah, so that's kind of what, what was surprising for me was the receiving, we know G Money, I just interviewed her not too long ago, was number two in passing yards per game, or for the season she had 353 yards with four touchdowns, I really think this is going to be a close tight-knit game, I think it's not... I think it's going to be like 14 to 10. I am going to give the nod. I'm sorry, Denver, to Vegas. I think Vegas gets their revenge against Denver and moves on to the championship game. Now let's jump into the second game, which is at 7 p.m. Pacific time. It is the San Diego Rebellion, the runner-up last season versus the Utah Falcons. If you didn't watch last year's playoff game for the Pacific Championship, that game was intense. It was between the two of those teams, and it was back and forth. Both these teams are very run-heavy, but have great quarterbacks. 
But their running backs are both stellar for both these teams. AG for the Rebellion. Uh, she runs like Darren Sproles. And then for the Falcon, it is Gina Magana. Gina is amazing too. Both AG finished with the most rushing yards for the year. She finished with 705 yards rushing. And Gina finished in third with 582 yards. And Maya Jameson also finished, she's for the Falcons, finished fourth with 473 yards. But what also is impressive between these is Maya finished with seven uh, touchdowns. Gina finished with two, and AG finished with nine in running alone. I really think this is going to be an interesting matchup. Like I said, the Texas, or sorry, the uh, San Diego Rebellion went a perfect 6-0 and with their closest game coming to against Vegas. It went into double overtime, but they were able to win. And Utah Falcons ended up with a 3-3 three and three record. Two of their losses came to the Denver Bandits, which were very close games. And their other loss came to the Silver Stars, which was also a really good game. They were up, and the Silver Stars went on a run and were able to pull their comeback. So, looking at these two statistically speaking teams, the San Diego Rebellion had the number two scoring offense. Uh, they had 206 total points for the year which is an average of 34.3. They also had the second-best defense. They only allowed 21 points all season, which was 3.5 points a game, and that actually only, all those points came against uh, the Silver Stars, which is really interesting. Um, the Falcons, with their total, or their team scoring, they had 126 total points, which is about 21 points a game. Their defense allowed 51 points, which is about 8.5 points a game, which is really great, too. And then looking at their total offense, the Rebellion finished with 1,500 yards. The Utah Falcons finished the second most in total yards with 1,825, which is 304 yards a game. And the Rebellion finished with 251.5 yards a game. Um... Rushing, this is, like I said, these two teams were amazing at rushing. The Falcons finished with the best rushing average a game. They finished with 1,645 yards or an average of 274 yards rushing. And the Rebellion finished with the second highest at 1,150 with or just a little under 200 yards rushing for the year. And both these teams were not very pass-heavy. Um, the, Fal the Falcons finished in 16th out of 17 teams with 181 yards or about 30 yards a game. And the Rebellion finished with at 13th with 359 yards or 60 yards a game. Like I said, the running backs are going to be the edge, whether it's Maya or Gina for the Falcons or it's AG for the Rebellion. I think this is going to be a tight niche game. But like last year, I think the San Diego Rebellion will end up winning it. And I think it'll be closer than people think. But I think it'll be a win for the Rebellion. I think they'll win 28-21. to 
And that'll be San Diego versus Las Vegas in a rematch of that double overtime game. I give the nod to, realistically speaking, I want Las Vegas. If they played how they played against them, I think they can beat San Diego, but we will see. I think I will do an episode breaking down the championship game on Friday, just so that I can make a better accurate guess. So, ultimately, in the Atlantic, I have the Elite Spartans and the Phoenix playing for the championship in the Atlantic. And then I have the Golden Knights playing the Rebellion in the Pacific. Now, other news with the WNFC, if you didn't see, if you don't follow them, shame on you. You should follow all their social medias and also look up their sports teams. Sorry, I didn't mean to shame you, but I think you really should support them. They are amazing, stellar athletes. So the cool thing that happened with the WNFC is it looks like they have a new sponsorship with Dick's Sporting Goods, which is amazing to hear and an amazing opportunity for growth and for better understanding of women's sports and why we should allow them to play. It's no different than guys playing. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I do have a new name. It's called Noble Sports, and my logo is also new. It's a different bull logo, but ultimately it's the same great content and the same great person myself, just a different name and logo. So thank you again for tuning in this week, and tune in tomorrow to watch the games. It should be a really good uh, weekend of football. Thank you.